Holly G with the Golf Insiders. Well, happy belated 4th of July, everyone, and hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend. We had another playoff at the PGA Tour, the Rocket Mortgage. Cam Davis from Australia finishing on top. And uh, to discuss a week of somewhat laid-back golf on the calendar, we thought we'd bring in Gary Van Sickle from the Morning Read. Hello, Gary. Hello, and we've been taken over by SI.com, so we're, we can actually find our stories at SI.com now. Yes, congratulations on the merger or the uh, takeover or whatever it is. But, um, uh, yeah, great playoff. Cam Davis winning, beating out Troy Merritt and Joaquin Neiman. Um, last night we had the match, Gary, the uh, big fundraiser, uh, courtesy of Turner Broadcasting between uh, Philly Mick and Bryson DeChambeau and a couple of you know, sort of known quarterbacks. What what was your uh, take on the match? Well, I just wonder how many of those meals got past Charles Barkley, so how many are left now? <laughs> well, you know, the match started out as a pretty good idea. The first one was Tiger against Phil. Great. And then all of a sudden they brought in quarterbacks as partners, and, you know, they, they lost me there. And then you brought in basketball players, one of whom is Barkley, who's – uh, I didn't even see that one, and then no, this one is more quarterbacks. I, I don't, I don't get what they were doing, but uh, it was a pretty bad show. It was slow moving. It was all puffery. We didn't discuss, you know. And of course, you're not going to. It's not a news. It's not a golf tournament. It's, it's TV schlock. It's a major you know, TV event. Yeah, it's you know they got Cheyenne. They got so many people there. Cheyenne Woods is there for I don't know why, but she's trying to interview players. Uh, wasn't too good at that. And you got Trevor Emmelman and Charles Barkley, Larry Fitzgerald. There were so many people there, nobody could say much. And the main thing is there's so many people there. Everybody who was talking, you're, the whole time you're wondering, well, I wish Barkley was talking because at least he's interesting. Larry Fitzgerald seems like a really nice guy, but... And same with Trevor Immelman, but they just didn't bring anything to the table. And you got no information about this. You're watching golf. You know, you're used to watching the PGA Tour. Like, oh, that drive went, you know, they've got shot. Like, that drive went 328 yards. You know, they're playing this great, crazy golf course in Montana that Jack Nicklaus designed. It looks like a video game, and it looks like you'd only want to play it on a video game. God forbid you try to play it for real. Because you hit one off the fairway, you're in bear country. It, it looked, you know, spectacular, and no thank you, I don't ever need to play there. But uh, the pace of play was slow. It was, just, it was just unwatchable all the way around. And you never got any information, like on PGA Tour telecasts, about how far do he, does he have in, what's he hitting, how long is this putt? What's this, you know, unless you, you know, they tried to listen in the players, unless you heard a player say, that's 128. You you had you never knew the yardage. You never knew anything. Uh, it, it was I don't know. It was just bad all the way around. And you got Deshambo, who's a little slow to start with, and he's not the guy. And 
What we found out was out of the four guys, Phil can be chatty and somewhat interesting for a while, then it gets tedious, but the other guys just don't have enough personality to be entertainers. And it was not an entertaining show at all. Well, it was Phil and Tom Brady versus Bryson DeChambeau and Green Bay Packers QB Aaron Rodgers. I got to say, Aaron Rodgers, he's got game. He held up uh, Bryson for a stretch there uh, on the back nine because Bryson couldn't keep it in the fairway and uh, made some uh, made some significant putts. And I know he's on his way to Lake Tahoe for that uh, NBC Celebrity Challenge this weekend. So he should be feeling good about his game. I'm talking well, about the, know, I'm I talking agree. about the non-pro Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well. I- if you forget about, uh, you know, four or five drives that he snipe-hooked out of sight into the bear country, yeah, he played pretty well. He, he did carry DeChambeau. They made – I lost track how many birdies they made because uh, it was hard to stay awake. These guys were just numbing me. And then they had this worst idea ever. They had a one-club one challenge hole where each guy had to play the entire hole with only one club. So you're treated to guys trying to chip out a fescue with a three wood, and Tom Brady putting with a seven iron. I remember at the time he, he missed a putt with a seven iron. I said, "Oh, he almost pulled another seven iron," harkening back to the previous match, match where he right. pulled out an actual seven iron shot. And then Aaron Rodgers had to putt with a three wood. I think they both made sevens on the hole, but it was hard to keep track because it was so slow. How can you play alternate shot this slow? It was. You know, and, and part of it, they kept, they kept bringing in these guests for interviews. Here's President Obama. What's he got? Nothing. Be, I mean, nothing against him. He's very, you know, uh, we know his speaking style. He's erudite, and he, you know, takes him a long time to say anything. And time he gets done, you realize he didn't really say much. Uh, he was there. And then here's Baker Mayfield, and here's Wayne Gretzky, and, they called up Gronkowski. The guy said his nephew's baseball game. It's the first one of his first game he's been to, and the last one he's going to be able to go to because of football season. He's got to call in to say nothing on a phone call about his buddy Brady. I mean, it just was smacked of desperation. They were just throwing mud against the wall to see what would stick. And uh, there was stuff that stuck to the wall, and it was brown, but I don't think it was mud. Oh, 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 that, was, oh that was low. That was low. Uh, maybe it wasn't that bad. No, yes, it, yes, it was. It was that bad. Well, I have to say the venue was absolutely drop-dead, gorgeous, picturesque. I have been to Big Sky. I've skied there a number of times. I've played golf out there. Uh, worked in Montana in Glacier National Park. It's one of my favorite places on earth, and that was a treat in itself. It looked like. But, a, but would you want to play that golf course? Well, I think you know that was in Jack's not so softer, gentler days of design. Wouldn't you agree? Well, he's, you're trying to build a golf course through the woods on the side of a mountain. And you're left with that 777-yard par five that has two two ski jumps in it, and the average, you know, and again, if you get off the fairway much, it's gone. You're into the, you know, it, yeah. it's not playable. It's rocks. It's hillside. It's it's animals. It's it's just gone. And the, your average eight handicapper is good luck getting a finishing around a golf. You know, 
you better have 18 golf balls in the bag because you might lose one on every hole. If you, if you, I mean, it just, it was spectacular, but it was so spectacularly difficult. I don't, I don't see how that was enjoyable. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was some crazy stuff. I don't, uh, you know, sometimes, most times, look, I'm a, I'm a golf nut. I keep track of how many golf courses I play. I, I want to try to play all 15,000 in the world or in America or whatever it is, which I'm not going to do, but. There's very few courses I cover tournaments at or watch where I go, wow, I would love to play here. There's very few where I don't say that. And I watched that one. It's like, you would have to pay me. If you paid me, if you flew me out there and paid me, I guess I'd play it for the experience. But I have zero interest in trying to play uh, Moonlight, the reserve at Moonlight Basin. Well, or, uh, you know, the futility at Moonlight Basin, whatever it's called. It's quite apparent your happy uh, 4th of July must not have been so happy. You must have been cooped up all weekend and, and didn't get a chance to get out on the course because uh, you're, uh, you're Mr. Grumpy Pants today. But hey, Well, I was, I was forced to watch this awful TV show. Let's, let's give kudos. I mean, and, it was, and it was awful. You know, and they, they were looking for lost balls. They, they exceeded the three-minute search like every time. I mean, the rules of golf were ignored. There was, there was, except for Charles Barkley, who should have talked a lot more, and Tom Brady, who should have talked a lot less. That would have made it better. But there's not much to recommend uh, other than a few shots. Uh, I mean, a highlight for me was when Shambo drove it on some par four green with a three woods of like 12 feet, and then Aaron Rodgers used driver and knocked it on the green like a foot closer than Shambo. Like, all right, that was. That was pretty remarkable there, but there weren't a lot of golf highlights to be had. Part of it's because the golf, the course was just over the top. Well, and it certainly was playing tough, that's for sure. But it did raise a lot of money for some very good causes, and uh, I'm I'm all about that. So uh, more about Phil. Let's let's back up to the Rocket Mortgage event. Uh, you know this article that came out in the Detroit News about you know some bookie that stiffed him, or what was that whole deal about? Well, yeah, it was apparently some information. I don't know if it was a testimony, but it became unsealed and became available to the public like two weeks earlier, and. Some sharp-eyed writer to Detroit News noticed Mickelson's name in there. That, uh, this bookie owed Phil Mickelson five hundred thousand dollars and didn't pay up, and uh, for you know other reasons, obviously this guy went to prison. This is in an area where you know gambling is not is not really legal. It's just something you can do, but it's not not like it's legalized. It's before legalized gambling. Anyways, this is from what fifteen years ago. So that they ran a story on it, and, and Phil's lawyer or agent went off on a big tirade saying oh this is the worst story ever done how dare you write this when Phil's gone out of his way to come play in the rocket mortgage yeah I'll write I'll, I'll just bet he did that just volunteered to show up out of the goodness of his heart I, I'll just bet he didn't have some kind of payday for himself or his charity but nevertheless the public relations disaster for one thing when you're Manager screams, this is the worst story ever written. How dare you? Most people in the country, their heads popped up and go, oh, what, what story? story? Let's go look. What story? Let's go find. So now everyone went to see what the story was. So that was a gigantic mistake. And then Phil 
Well, the next day he's like, well, I'm never coming back here if that's how they're going to treat me. Oh, that sounds like you're a real man. Wait, good, cry some more and put a diaper on. So he looked terrible. And the next day he backtracked, realizing he got a lot of blowback. He said, oh, well, I'll come back if you raise 50,000, if you get 50,000 signatures on a petition and all 50,000 people agree to do at least one random act of kindness. Like, oh, okay, so now it's blackmail with a provision. So even now, so I, honestly, why why would you put up with that from anybody? You know, this is like this is worse than a rock band who, and they're dressing and well, we want to bowl in M and M's, but only red ones. You know, <laughs> hey, we don't need you that bad. You're not, you know, you don't show up and contend. Uh, a lot of times, when Phil goes out of his way to play a tournament he didn't really want to be at, you'll notice he can coincidentally misses a cut by one or two. You got a long history of that, but I, I would I would call him a cab. He's and then then Phil uh, personally responded to a bunch of the media members who wrote stories on him. He he's a thousand percent wrong here. You know he's saying, well this affects uh, you know my charities and this and that, and you shouldn't be writing about that. It's like, hey, if you were worried about how this affects your charities, you shouldn't be involved in five hundred thousand dollar wagers. That's on you, buddy. That's not on the media reporting it. You know, it's like, oh, you shouldn't be writing about me when I shot 77. Well, you shot 77. That's on you. So he's a thousand percent wrong on this, and he's made a PR blunder at every step of the way. And, uh, you know, even if you like Phil, you got to admit he, he, he stuck his foot in his mouth. But not the first time, but it was so easily avoidable. When the story comes out, he can just shrug it off. It's like, yeah, that's old news. And nobody, you know, it just would have gone away. Especially when you have the match coming up a couple days later, which, you know, put fresh news on top of the old news. It and would have been, it would have come and gone. Especially yeah, come and gone. coming off the PGA Championship. You are on top of the world, on top of the PR world, on top of, you know, the golf world, period. What are you thinking? The media's not there to... They're not your public relations agents. They're there to write about the news. And you just, you know, and here's the thing. Every day when you said something about it, you just extended the bad news another day. You carry, you made your, your, your story that nobody needed to know about, you made that a news story for four straight days. That's, again, that was your fault. If you, you know, you can all of them, I mean, I, I can't believe after all these years in the business, he doesn't know more about public relations, but I guess he assumed as usual that he's right and everyone's going to agree with him and oh, the media's terrible for writing this. No, they've written plenty of nice things about you, Phil. This is just reporting the news and you were kind of a acting like a you-know-what in this whole deal. You're holier than now when you, okay, I'm, I'm sorry you didn't get your $500,000 in gambling winnings, but, uh, there's no way we can feel sorry for you when you when you act like a big baby. Well, not only that, but I believe the guy, uh, the boogie, passed away, you know, a few years ago. So. Well, I bet that was in prison. I bet that was totally accidental. Well, that's a that's a that's, a, here, you know, that's another who, tunnel with no cheese. Who, who's making book in Detroit? You know, you think he's doing that on his own? I don't think so. I think he's part of an organization. And if he stiffed Phil, then he must have stiffed many other people. 
and those were certainly some of the wrong people to stiff. And when you do that, you end up as a stiff. That's just my guess. All right, we got the John Deere this week. Perhaps Steve Stricker, our Ryder Cub captain, could post a victory given this field. You know, it's it's tough these two weeks, Gary. Let's be fair. And there's a lot going on in the European Tour. Uh, you got the Irish Open, the Scottish Open. A bunch of the players went over there. Uh, your your quick uh, peek at the John Deere Classic this week. I know the John Deere Classic doesn't get great feels all that often, but this this is one of the worst I can remember. You know, occasionally Jordan Spieth showed up a few times when he won, and you know uh, Steve Stricker's like the star of the show. I mean, the number two star is probably Cam Davis, who won the Rocket Mortgage, and nobody had heard of until he did that. So. Uh, you've got drags from the, you know, all time the, the victory list guys who won one tournament and have a lifetime exemption or whatever they they get in, and uh, Ricky Barnes and guys like that are in this field. So it's a it's a weak field, which you know can make it interesting because it means anybody can win. A guy can, you know, you think you think last week's playoff was a little unusual. You could have a playoff this week with four guys that you've probably never heard of. It'll be exciting for them, and it's going to be an exciting playoff, but if you're tuning in to watch Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas or John Rahm, you, you better be turning into uh, the Scottish Open because you're not going to see him at the John Deere, which is okay. Every tournament can't be a big deal. John Deere is a very popular tournament, very successful. I love going there. I've been there a number of times, uh, not lately, but um, it's a fun spot. The people there are really proud to host that tournament. And it's a good week for everybody there. And it's one of the long-running ones. And, you know, um, those sponsors are key to the PGA Tour and to the players that, like you said, we, we don't get to see week to week. And um, we get to see rise to, to the top. So next week, it's hard to believe this, our fourth major of the 2021 season. Royal St. George's. Tell my listeners a little bit about what we can expect at Royal St. George. A lot of people consider it the worst site in the British Open rotation. Uh, I thought we'd get some positivity out of you today. Uh, Excuse me for telling you like it is. Uh, Jack Nicholas really didn't like it, but I forget who said this, but it might have been Nicholas who said it's, the, oddity, the irony is that this this course is, you know, it's full of potholes and it's mounds and it's crazy. It's like every fairway is like a plinko field. Uh, you have drive down there and it, they'll bounce. It'll bounce any direction. You don't know if you think you hit the fairway, but you did. Is that a new but, a new uh, design feature? Potholes? Well, you know, whatever you want to call them. I, I'm calling them. You look at it, it looks like a lunar landscape, but. Your, your drive can go anywhere once it hits, it hits the ground. And somebody said this is the only Lynx course that actually plays better when it's soft than when it's firm. Because when it's firm, the tee shots bounce like ping pong balls and go into the rough, and the good shot isn't rewarded or penalized. When it's soft, you can hit it down there and have some control and, and play golf and, and shoot a score. So, you know, who's won the last two tournaments there? Well, Ben Curtis and Darren Clark. And Darren Clark won when a bunch of other guys like Dustin Johnson and Phil fell down in front of him. 
because Darren Clark was struggling. He was waiting to collapse if anybody would have pressured him. But they didn't. So uh, that was a pretty good feel-good victory for him. So I think, again, you can throw out the world rankings out the window. This isn't anything can happen open because of the way the fairways are and uh, a little bit like Olympic Club where the, they have these dog legs and the fairways tilt away from, uh, you know, into the corner. Imagine the Daytona 500 if, there wasn't, if the curves weren't banked, if they were banked the other direction. That's Olympic Club, and to some extent, that's kind of the feeling you get at Royal St. George's. So, you know, you could, who's, who's the equivalent of today's Ben Curtis? I don't know. It could be, could be anybody. Uh, but it's going to be an unpredictable open. I, I hope, you know, I, I think that's, I think that's part of the flavor. I think it's a fun course to play as a tourist. But as a site for a championship, yeah, it's a good chance to have a weird winner. And, you know, when, when Curtis won, Thomas Bjorn had a chance to win. He fluffed to bunker shot on the 71st hole, I think. And Tiger was there and had a chance. And I, he three-putted one of the holes near the end to kind of cost him. And a, a bunch of other players were close. So it's, it's a course where it's hard to separate yourself from the field. And I think you'll see a lot of guys – you know, with a chance to win on Sunday. Of course, as soon as I say that, some guy's going to, Louis Ustheisen's going to win by 11. But I don't care. I'm going to be watching. It's a, I like the course. It's It's got a lot of humps and bumps, and I, I hope the uh, TV cameras present that in a way that makes it feel three-dimensional instead of two-dimensional. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get a little weather because that's what really makes the open well, championship. Yeah, you want a little, you know, a minor tornado is, would be a small, would be good. You know, you, you like to see, these guys are so good, you like to see them, like to see how good they are. You like to see them be tested. Because they're that good, they can deal with a lot. I like it when that rain is coming down sideways, Gary, and it's real well, we British don't want open to, weather. Know, wait, we don't want it to get too soft, then the ball doesn't bounce all over the place. So we don't want a lot of rain. We want to, I want it to be firm and dry and crispy and almost ready to start on fire. That way the ball will bounce every direction and keep going. That, that's that's the fun of it. Well, we learned recently that you're a betting man. So if you're going to make an early prognostication, who are, is it going to be a veteran? Is it going to be a newbie? Who's going to become champion golfer? Champion golf of the year, yeah. Well, that's a good question. It's going to be somebody probably who's uh, a good chipper and putter or, uh, you know, really good iron. You know, good iron players have done pretty well there. I mean, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, you might see somebody uh, – ah, who's going to come out of the woodwork? I mean, I haven't really thought about it. How about John Rahm going back-to-back in terms of majors? Yeah, I don't – you know, I'm not sure what his history is on Lynx golf or how he really likes that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, you can never go wrong picking the number one player in the world. Uh, you know, maybe Justin Thomas is going to show up. When you say, you know, iron strikers, I also look to two guys that are over there warming up uh, this week at the Scottish Open, and that's Xander Shopley and Colin Morikawa. Those two are good ones, you know. Uh, Molinari might be a good choice, and if Ricky, I mean, Ricky Fowler is kind of playing a little bit better. I don't know if he got in the field, but I have a funny feeling that he's on the verge of turning it around. 
I don't have a good answer for it. How about Ian Poulter? There you go. Long shot, Ian Poulter. Oh, all right. We'll take him. We're, uh, we're, we're shooting darts today at the Golf Insiders. Well, Mr. Van Sickle, Gary Van Sickle, The Morning Read, and SportsIllustrated.com. Thank you, Gary, so much for your time. No problem. I think my phone, other phone's ringing, and it's Phil. He wants to talk about what I just said, so it could be a, could be a long call. Thanks, my friend. Bye-bye.